You're listening to the Outfitter Pros Podcast, the show for outdoor enthusiasts by outdoor enthusiasts. On the show, we speak with outfitter owners and outdoor professionals across North America and hear their stories of turning their passion into a profession. Whether you've been in the outdoor industry for years, are thinking of pursuing your own passion as a profession, or simply want to discover new outfitters for your next adventure, this is the show for you. Sharon Saturnus, welcome to the Outfitter Pros podcast. How are you doing today? I'm great. Hi, Paul. Thanks for having me. Yeah, it's my pleasure. I'm, I'm super stoked that, to have you on the show today. So you're, you're the third one that I've done. And the first two were like fly in the fly fishing industry. So I'm, I'm really excited to get out and more into to the kind of the high adventure and, and the backpacking and the things that, that you do off the river. I love the river, but I love the mountains too. So I'm really excited mm-hmm. to, to hear your story and share that today. So, but hey, let's, let's just kind of dive right in. And, and one thing that I, I love to do is I love to just share kind of the, the history of, of how did you even begin developing this, this passion, right? How did you, how did you come into this, uh, this, this excitement and passion about the outdoors? I mean, was that a big part of your, mm-hmm. your growing up or, or what? No, that's a, it's really funny because when I was a child, I actually hated the dirt and I grew up as a ballerina and um, yeah, when my friends were playing in the dirt, you know, like digging up worms and stuff like that, I was like, ew, I don't want to get dirty. And um, I don't know what changed when I became a teenager. Uh, my mom actually got into horses and I was like, explore, you know, what little girl doesn't want? to be around horses. Right. So I started, um, I actually, you know, went out riding and then I just really enjoyed like being around the horses and the outdoors. And, um, I grew up in Florida. So we would take the horses to the beach and, um, it was just always just, um, I don't know. I just felt relaxed when I was out in nature. Um, mm-hmm. and just, you know, the birds and the sun and, um, the rain, I just kind of like, started to really enjoy everything about um about where I was and um you know I didn't really get out into the mountains like I just said I was from Florida um so I didn't really get out into the mountains until um I went to graduate school in Flagstaff Arizona at Northern Arizona University and you know coming from the beach then I went to the mountains um and I specifically chose a school that was in the mountains um, so I had applied at University of Colorado at Boulder and then in Arizona um, and then a few other schools. Um, and there was just something that told me, like, when I move away from Florida, I wanted to be in the mountains. And, you know, I don't really know why or what. I mean, it just kind of is what it is. Um, so when I moved to Flagstaff, um, I, I got there like a month before my classes were going to start. And I just bought... At the time, we had Barnes and Noble, and you just go buy like a little guidebook, and yeah. you know, there's no GPS, so you just kind of follow the, <laughs> the street directions that were written in the book. And so I just started going out hiking all over, and wherever my car would take me. Um, and I ended up in Sedona quite a bit. Um, and then there's also like really good hiking around Flagstaff area. There's skiing and stuff, um, so there's there's some pretty pretty good slopes there. So yeah, I just started going out hiking and then I realized like, wow, I'm getting really fit and I like it. Um, 
but I also get to see like the blue sky and it was just so blue against the red and the green of the rocks and it just made me happy and um yeah so that's kind of when I just really really fell in love with the mountains and was like okay well um I didn't get to hike a whole lot during grad school um because it's grad school so nobody right. has time to do anything <laughs> um and so yeah I I you know, got my master's, I worked abroad, um, I was an English language fellow in Tajikistan for oh, almost wow. two years, and yeah, so, you know, I got to see, like, you know, the border of Afghanistan um, and Tajikistan, and just, like, I don't even, at the time, I didn't even know how tall the mountains were, but, you know, we were, like, pushing, coming up on the Hindu Kush, um, mm. and then just, I just remember being, like, wow, this is, this is just insane because it was like 93% mountains in Tajikistan. Wow. Um, and unfortunately they, they don't really hike there um, just because of the situation um, in that area, sure. uh, so like Central Asia. Um, but I did get to go out and, and it was, and just enjoy, I kind of lived in the mountains too. So I was just able to see it and they just always made me happy. Um, even if I wasn't like in the mountains. Um, and then, yeah, so I did some teaching and stuff and then, um, ended up getting a corporate job with, um, AWS, um, Amazon web services. Okay, so cool. I, yeah, so I lived, I actually moved to Northern Virginia and, um, spent four years there. Um, and they, um, yeah, so there's like Shenandoah and the Appalachian trail, which was pretty close by. So I just started hiking with meetup groups and then just started hiking on my own. And like every single weekend I was out like all day in the mountains. And it's really what I needed because it turns out that the mountains just saved my soul um, because, you know, corporate just like ripped it out of me. Um, But, you know, just being on the Appalachian Trail in general, like it just, there's just something magical about just that trail um and then being you know just being in the mountains and um just seeing the different weather patterns and i don't know and and it just i just got more empowered like the more i went out and the more i learned about nature and just kind of going with the flow of it um it just helped me to keep doing even more um and then yeah so then i started like training for spartan races and i ended up getting my trifecta a few years ago Congratulations. Um, Very nice. Thank you. Thanks. Yeah, I, I did my beast in uh, West Virginia. Oh, and it was, it was insane. But I trained so hard for it and I like totally crushed it. Um, and it was fun. That's so awesome. <laughs> but, <laughs> um, yeah, so then I just, I, I realized I had been in Northern Virginia for so long. I was like for four years and I had never been anywhere four years, you know, since like elementary school. And I hated where I lived. It was horrible. The culture, you know, the people that I worked with were amazing. But, you know, once I like left the office, it was just, I, it's, it was just so cutthroat and, mm. you know, it's like government area. Um, yeah. So I finally like worked up the nerve to ask my manager if I could move. And, um, and he agreed. And he was like, yeah, it doesn't matter to me where you live. So I was like, okay, I'm moving to Colorado. And he was like, all right. 
Hi. <laughs> no, wow. It was like so easy. <laughs> yeah, it was so easy. Um, and so I hurried up and moved before one, he changed his mind, which he was, <laughs> he was a great manager. He wasn't going to do that. Or I got reorged. Um, which was coming. So, um, so I moved as fast as I could. Um, and I got into Colorado Springs. Um, and I looked around Denver and it just didn't feel right. Um, and so I started looking around the Springs and, uh, you know, the prices were good and the mountains are literally like right here. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Pike Peak, like I, I, I own a house now. Um, and I could see Pike Peak from my house and, Wow. I could walk. I can. I have trails that connect to Pike Peak, like right by my house. Wow. Um, it's just yeah. So everything just kind of worked out that way. Um, not all of it was planned, but but yeah, my move to Colorado was definitely intentional um, because I just wanted to be able to be in the mountains as much as possible um, yeah. and just live a better life. You know, just have a better quality of life in general. Mm. Um, and I don't regret one second of moving where I did and when I did um and yeah so this time last year I quit my corporate job and started Femtrek um and the grind was just I mean I'd been with AWS for almost seven years and it was a really good run for a long time um I mean I learned a lot I met so many amazing people that are super smart um, and I was able to learn from some of the best, you know, just in business in general. Um, saw Jeff Bezos talk a few times and people don't like him, but I think he's a genius. Um, yeah. And he's actually a pretty nice guy um, from what I've seen. Um, and so I just, you know, I just really paid attention and learned. Um, and what I was doing there, I was building and launching and managing global programs. Wow. So I... Even though I wasn't a business owner, I kind of like owned programs, yeah. which, you know, I had a safety net, obviously, of, you know, of the, co- of the corporate company. Sure. Um, but I really built up a lot of skills and confidence in knowing that I can do something big. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, when I actually, I went on um, medical leave for a few months last year. Because the the corporate grind, I mean, it was just, I was bored. I was uninspired. I had been reorged nine times in two years. And I just couldn't take any more of just like the backstabbing. And, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. like they were just after each other and I was going to be collateral damage. And I was like, this is okay. They were just imploding. So I went on leave. And um, when I was on leave, I decided to like, that's when I was, you know, I was like confident that I was going to just go into my, start my business, not try to look for another corporate job. Um, Cause I just knew it was going to be the same thing. And I just felt like I, there was this way more potential that I, you know, have to, um, I don't know, to, to get to. And that I was never going to get that like working and being managed by someone else and their agendas. Sure. Um, that's what happens with management. So um, so yeah, man, it was, it was scary and not scary. Um, I had just checked out my finances and was like, okay, well, how long should I live and support my business? And, you know, I just, it, being financially stable made all the difference in the mm-hmm. world because I, otherwise I would have had to go get another job and then, you know, build this on the side. Right. Um, 
was that I purposely didn't get another corporate job to pay my bills because I wanted to focus 100% on Chemtrack mm-hmm. and give it everything that I have um, yeah. until I don't have any more money and I have to go back to work. <laughs> wow. Um, but at least, you know, I could, could give it my all. So that's what I've been doing for the past year is um, was building the business. And I didn't, I didn't like jump right into it right away. Um, so I quit my job last May. And then um, I lived in a primitive survival camp for about six weeks over the summer. And, you know, yeah, this little girl who hated to play in the dirt is now like living out in the woods <laughs> in the mountains wow. um, 24-7. And, yeah, we couldn't use um, propane to cook. We, we can only use fire. Um, and no restaurants, and we were like in a in the mountains at like ten thousand feet, and it was um, so I spent you know like the majority of my summer um, just kind of out there learning survival skills, and I was doing that for Femtrek. Um, wow. Otherwise, you know, I wouldn't have have spent that much time out there. Sure. But yeah, so I wanted to know that I could be comfortable like taking care of the ladies, whether it's winter survival or summer, no matter when. Um, you know, and obviously we can't have fires, but you know, I'd be able to build us a shelter and know about snow and you know, just just kind of being out in the elements. Um, and then I could take care of us if we got into a situation and we needed to wait for help. That, um, and so. That is- that is badass. Like that's that's awesome. <laughs> I'm jealous. I'm so jealous. I that just that's amazing. Oh man, it was brutal. Yeah, it was. I'm not gonna lie. It was. It was definitely a test of resilience. Um, yeah. because it rained for most of the summer, and oh. I mean, like, just brutal lightning storms and thunder, mm. and yeah, like hail you know i was like cutting down trees for my bed um for my shelter in a big hailstorm but i was like so high you know it was just it was just such a rush um and so exciting so i mean it was it was fine but um yeah i mean it got to be you know it was was a long time to live out there and you know just learning skills every single day and then wilderness first responder training was eight days of like eight to 10 hour, 12 hour, 15 hour days. Um, so it was just, it was just so grueling, but I made it through and now I feel really good. That I'm ready. Um, yeah. if something happens, um, out in the back country. Yeah. And, um, so, you know, it gives me some extra skills to be able to like teach wilderness skills, you know, as, um, as a fem truck offering. Um, so that's an option too. Wow. Yeah, that's as I just as I listen to your story and and just talking about, you know, coming from Florida with no mountains and and really having this this yearning and this calling for the mountains, right? I mean, it's like that John Muir quote, right? It's like the mountains are calling, I must go. And uh, to to hear just your experience in, in Tajikistan to your experience in grad school and just all of these different these different seasons of your life that have all kind of led back to, to the mountains, one, as a, as a place of refuge for you, as a place of rest during your time with your, your corporate job. But 
even now, like not just a time of rest, but a, a time of empowerment, right? And that's a is even looking at your website, like it's a big part of your heart is to empower women, right? To empower women to that they can actually that they can do more than they think, right? That they can that we can do more than we think as humans, right? That you can move past adversity, you can work through adversity, and I think that the wilderness and the mountains is a huge part of kind of us putting ourselves in this place of vulnerability to where we're, mm -hmm. we're at the, the mercy of the elements and of nature and the playing field is level, right? Nobody can, everyone's in the exact same boat, whether you have years of survival training or that's your first time, you're still exposed to the same scenario, the same feelings, the same fear and the ability to like work through that is, a, is this growing and shaping experience that does help empower. And for you, it, it I think part of your journey in that and using the, the mountains to be shaped and to be empowered in, in your time there gave you the, the, the courage to leap out of this, this corporate job and start chasing this passion of yours. That's, mm -hmm. that is super, that's, that's, that's amazing. That's I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm inspired. <laughs> I'm super inspired already and we're not even halfway through. So, so as you, as you think about, uh, cause you, you started this in 2021, right? Correct. So even that year of like global pandemic, right? COVID happens. How, how did that kind of, how did that challenge you? Uh, were, were you thinking at that time, like, Oh, I'm ready to jump in and to do FemTrack. And did, did COVID delay you in, in, in any way or, or how was that for you? No, it was actually kind of nice because there was nobody out in the in the wilderness. So I was, it was just me. I was like, oh, this is this is pretty rad, actually. Yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, the pandemic did. So it was twenty twenty one. Um, yeah, it didn't really affect me. I mean, yeah, because it was like May twenty twenty one when I kind of quit my corporate job and, and started into it. Right. Um. The you know the only thing that was a little. Um, different was, you know, Rocky Mountain National Park, where I'm operating out of, went to a time entry permit system. Mm -hmm. So then it was just something extra to, you know, kind of think about like a plan ahead. Um, and I didn't really know when I was going to be going. So um, and it didn't, it didn't really bother me because I just went early before the, you know, the periods, uh, sure. the time period started for the time entry for the day. Um yeah, so it didn't really, I don't know, it didn't really affect me that much. Um, and I wasn't flying anywhere, you know, and I didn't have, um, I didn't have clients last year just because I hadn't, I didn't even launch my website till November because I was out scouting and I was hiking and I was like re-energizing my soul, basically, yeah. you know, I kind of needed a sabbatical. Um, so I just gave myself one, um, from corporate. Cause it was just, it was, I didn't realize how bad off I was until I like stepped away. And then a few days later, I was like, who was that person? I don't even recognize that person. So it was definitely the right move. Um, so I just went off and played in the mountains for a few months. And like you said, went to the survival camp and lived out there and then was in Rocky mountain national park. Um, quite a bit, just scouting trails to see. And I was kind of like thinking and building the identity for Femtrek as well. You know, I was like, okay, so I don't want to do easy stuff. And like, what are my, you know, what, what exactly are we doing? 
Um, and so, you know, getting photos and um, so I was really just kind of building last summer and fall until I got ready to launch my website. And then, of course, it was the holidays. Um, so I didn't really even start getting moving with the business until January. Yeah. And then um, things have just been cranking since then. It's, it's, it just keeps picking up momentum and I'm, I'm super stoked. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that's kind of, yeah. So it's been, the pandemic didn't really affect me, but if I had been in business, it maybe would have affected, you know, people coming in from other states or trying to come in from other countries. Um, but fortunately, I kind of missed all of that. It was kind of the tail end. Right, right. So as you, as you, you spend this first part of, of 2021 kind of doing your R&D, coming up with your, your different routes and the different trips that you can offer and really just developing the, the identity of Femtrek uh, and, and what it's going to do and who it's going to serve and, and where it's going to serve those people at. Uh, what, and as you even launched earlier this year, kind of into the, the you know, onboarding of, of new clients into your business? Like what have, what have been some of the challenges that you've faced uh, kind of in, in this phase of, of bringing clients on board and really making this thing like this, this viable thing that's actually going to sustain you and, and be able to, to reach other people? Yeah. Um, well, part of it is that I have no business background mm. and, you know, I, I, I have social media and such, but, you know, I, I also know that if you build it, they will come is only half true. Sure. Um, you know, you have to tell people about it and get them excited. And then they're going to be like, well, why should I choose you? So, you know, I spent, um, that was really a challenge has just been kind of getting the word out this year. Um, and then, you know, working, building my website and mm. just working with Google, my business and, uh, you know, SEO and all this stuff. And I'm like, you know what? I, cause I'm a one woman show here. Um, yeah. so I'm literally doing everything. Um, and now a year in, I'm finally comfortable where I'm like, oh yeah, I got this. Right. But sometimes, you know, it took me like nine months to figure out how to get Google reviews. <laughs> and so I was like, man, if somebody just told me, um, you know, and so, it's really just been kind of figuring out where I wanted to target my marketing. So mm -hmm. I didn't want to just throw a bunch of stuff and like pay a bunch of money on some like random, you know, hiking social media site yep. um, magazine that I'd never heard of. And they claim they have this many subscribers, but I don't know. I've never heard of it. So I had to just be strategic in thinking about how I wanted to do this and where I wanted to market from. So I already knew, okay, Rocky Mountain National Park, um, and that, so kind of backtrack to 2021, um, I originally was not going to go to Rocky Mountain National Park. I was going to do something else around, like, Pike and San Isabel National Forest here, but because the public was just completely, just they just trashed the National Forest mm -hmm. um, during the pandemic, um, just it just, you know, the ranger that I talked to was almost tears, just, mm. you know, trying to deter me from getting permits and stuff. Um, so then I ended up in Rocky Mountain National Park, um, which works out even better because they were, you know, it was expensive to get the permits, but it, you know, I had all the paperwork done and so I was able to get them. Um, but I also had a, a marketing point 
So I'm really heavily focused on Estes Park up there, yeah. which is the primary gateway for Rocky Mountain National Park. And like you said, you're going over to the Granby side. Um, so next year, I'm going to plan on that side um, to kind of expand. Um, but this year, I mean, I have, you know, Rocky Mountain National Park is expecting record numbers of visitors this year, like right. upwards of 5 million. And so I'm like, okay, if I can just market in this one area, you know, Estes, get the word out there. Yeah. Um, I got to be able to get some of those 5 million. Sure. <laughs> yeah. That's... You know, so, um, but I also, you know, got um, connected with the visitor center and with Visit Estes Park. And, um, you know, I do have, I, I told myself I was going to pay money for one ad in one publication. And that's all the marketing I was going to do as far as like paying a lot of money to have an ad. And yeah. so I got into um, a publication that's like the official guidebook for Visit Estes Park. And it's distributed across 170 locations all over Colorado. Wow. So um, I was like, okay, that's, that was my strategy that works, right? So I'm just trying to like be smart about where I was spending my money mm. um, and something that was going to be productive. Um, and, you know, definitely I have social media presence, um, you know, and a lot of, it, and that's kind of hit or miss, but uh, LinkedIn has been productive. And yeah. I will say the most surprising thing is that my AWS network has been extremely um it's been fruitful. Mm. You know, I actually have people signing up who used to work with me at AWS who don't live here, but they're like, oh, this is cool. I'm going to come and help support you. Yeah. And, you know, you know, like support your business and, and your mission. And, and I was like, wow, really? This is awesome. I mean, I knew that people were awesome, you know, such as that last handful of people at the end. Um, so, yeah, it's just really cool to see um, just those, you know, those connections that I had made. And, you know, it just really pays to be nice to everybody, mm, yeah. um, you know, and now they're like, yeah, I want you to come and, you know, help support my mission and my business. Um, uh, so that's been, that's been really, really cool to see. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's great. The, there's this, this saying that, that I've heard, it talks about like your, your net worth is in your network. Right. And I think especially today, like even you, like coming from the corporate world, right, where it's this cutthroat, like it's all about in just bigger, better, more, more money, let's more capital, let's grow, grow, grow. Mm -hmm. It's like there's, but I mean, we have this, this desire as, as humans to like, to know others and to be known. And so like, I think mm -hmm. that's a lot of what's wrong, especially in, in the marketing world today is there's, there's a separation of business and and relationship right and it's like mm -hmm. you know we need to we need to kind of get back to this root especially coming out of what we just came out of where people were super isolated i think relationship is is far greater of a marketing tool than we often give it credit for so uh mm -hmm. that's that's cool to 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 hear that that your people you are, are coming to to your side they're supporting <laughs> you like that's that's great um mm -hmm. so as as you have this 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 trekking business like what's your what's your why behind running this business why do you do it um i really do it so that i can help women get out into the wilderness um you know where they may not have gone out by themselves 
Mm. Um, there's so many solo female hikers and just even hiking groups in general. Um, just so many women out there hiking, so many. Um, and I see it even when I'm out. Um, and I'm also one of them out, you know, out and about. Um, but yeah, I just wanted to um, be able to help empower women and to show them that, you know, to your point earlier, like we can do difficult things. Um, you know, there's empowerment in the wilderness, um, mm. but you have to, you know, you still have to learn things and get yourself out there and get comfortable being uncomfortable. Um, and once you make it through that one point of being uncomfortable, like the world just opens up. Um, mm. And so the mission of FemTrek is to empower women to journey out of the ordinary, which is um, basically encouraging women to go more than a quarter mile past the trailhead. Mm-hmm. And you know, get away from where the crowds are, and get away from where all the popular areas are, and you know, to to really get out away from everything and be like, wow, I'm out here in the middle of nowhere with just you know some other like badass women who yeah. you know who are out here with me. Um, and I want it to be as skilled as possible, so that way they can feel comfortable knowing. I mean, I'm leading them. Um, and so, you know, if something happens, I've got us and it could be a learning point, you know, learning opportunity, but as I'm going out and taking clients out, um, you know, I kind of adjust to what I'm talking about based on what their interests are. Mm -hmm. Um, I have one client that I've been teaching, um, wilderness skills to. So we talk about looking for a pitch wood and if you get in a situation, you know, this is what you could do. This is how you would. You know, this is where you can find some shelter, you know, if it's lightning or hail or whatever, um, you know, and she has kids. And so she takes that back home with mm-hmm. her kids, but then also teaches them in the wilderness, too, because they go yeah. hiking. So, you know, kind of getting the kids to, like, learn about, um, you know, wilderness skills. But also, you know, I we practice and I teach leave no trace principles. Mm-hmm. So we're going out, um, you know whether it's day hikes or snowshoeing or backpacking, um, you know, I practice and preach all those, um, all the principles. So it's kind of giving them an education as well. And then they're going to take that back to their, whether their children or their families or their groups of friends that they're hiking with and hopefully just know a bit more than they did before. And maybe that'll help them, you know, get farther out um, to really see more of what you can't see if you're just like at some popular trailhead. Right. Right. Yeah. I love that. I love the educational aspect of, of just like what you were just talking about, you know, a big part of my, my heart and, and especially in the outdoors and, and wilderness adventure is just like empowering the next generation. Right. I mean, we're, mm-hmm. we're all getting older and you know, the two most certain things in life are death and taxes. So it's going to happen. We're going to get there someday. So how do we how do we really instill these these principles these these guiding principles that we that we have to to have a sustainable wilderness that we can leave for mm-hmm. our our children our grandchildren and just the generations behind us so I love that you're that you're doing that and that's a part of who you are so as you you're launching into this and you've you've been running some trips um, and in just your experience even from 2021 20, when you started. What's been one of the most memorable experiences that you've had running your business? It could be maybe you were taking a client out or maybe you were solo, but what's something that stick, sticks out in your mind is like, man, that was one of the most cool memories that I have. Oh man. So it was actually 
my first client that I didn't know, um, she booked through TripAdvisor, and this was in March of this year, and she signed up for a snowshoeing adventure. Um, and I was like, okay, so I'm constantly watching the weather um, because, and, you know, then there's um, like avalanche conditions and dangers and things. So I'm just always kind of keeping an eye on everything, all the conditions. Yeah. So, um, you know, she signed up for the snowshoeing adventure and um, that weekend that she came in or the, the week, like two weeks before up in Rocky Mountain National Park, it had been pretty nice. There was no precipitation for a while. Um, you know, it was like in the fifties. And so I was like, Oh, good. You know, she's coming. It's going to be an awesome day. Like bluebirds guys. Um, and she signed up for a Sunday and then like that Friday, a big blizzard blew in and dropped like two feet of snow in three days. (laughs) And I just, I worry about driving on the roads and, you know, we're in the mountains, you know, windy, steep mountain roads to get up to the trailhead up in Rocky. Mm. And I was like, oh my God, you have to be flipping kidding me. This <laughs> is crazy. But I was like, all right, you know what? I got to do this. This is what we're doing. Um, if she's not canceling, I'm not canceling. So we just kind of, I just kind of waited to hear. And just, she was like, oh, no, I'm good. Um, so I had like stayed at an Airbnb up there the night before. So I didn't have to drive in. And, um, you know, we met up at the visitor center and drove in and the roads, there was like traction laws in effect. And, you know, we had, you have to have all wheel drive or four wheel drive. So there was just, you know, the roads were just completely packed with snow and ice and, and she was from Michigan. And so I asked her what her comfort level was. And she was like, oh yeah, I'm good. She's like, <laughs> right. you're good. I'm good. And I was like, okay, well, you're good. I'm good. So we just <laughs> okay we're good so um we just kind of drove up there and um oh god it was epic it was so epic there was like it snowed five inches in the five hours we were out there snowshoeing and there was no wind um it was probably like 12 degrees and I had no hat no gloves on no jacket because it was just so it's Colorado dry cold and it was oh it was so nice and um yeah, we got to the lake and we just chatted and she was such a great lady. Um, you know, just a solo female hiker who, you know, she was worried that I was going to cancel because, you know, for, for one person. Um, and I was like, no, that's, that's not, that's how I'm different from other companies is that I don't, um, because you're a badass and you like came out here to adventure. And so you're going to have an adventure. And, um, (laughs) yeah, so we just like drank hot chocolate and like had some snacks at the lake and, um it we were the first ones up there so I was breaking trail in the snow Mm. and she loved it she was like this is so badass like yeah it was it was so memorable and then when we got to our destination she was like oh my god I want to cry it's Mm. just so amazing Mm -hmm. and you know like literally there's nobody around um and it was just so wild and so rugged and you don't really get to you don't get to see that um Mm you know, unless you actually journey away from the trailhead. Um, and so, yeah, on our way back, we started seeing some people come up and she was so proud that we had like broken the trail for them and, you know, just telling them like, yeah, you're welcome. And, you know, it was just, you know, she and I were just on the, the same level that day. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just remember thinking like, I do not feel like I'm working at all. Like, That's I feel true. like I just went out with a friend 
and just had that like Rocky Mountain high and it was just so invigorating um and she felt the same way um and we still keep in touch and she's like super supportive of all of the good things that have been coming through for Femtrek lately mm-hmm. um and yeah so she's planning on coming back again um this summer and fall and you know and then she's she's trying to go abroad to you know on another solo um adventure and so we keep in touch about that too because I travel the world by myself too and um yeah so just getting out there is just empowering her to go do even more things because this I think this was our first trip by herself um and then she just you know just keeps doing more and more and I was like this is this is awesome so um you can do this you know so yeah that was that has to be my most memorable experience so far yeah I love that I love that when like your client's level of badassery meets your level of badassery and and then it just makes for this badass trip right so i i love that um yeah i've 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 had a few epic adventures in some highly highly unfavorable conditions but those make the best stories right like that's where you that's where you have the adventure i've always heard that um you know when you wish that you were at home on your couch that's when the adventure is just beginning and so it's like, yeah, that's, that's a, that's a good way to do it. <laughs> so, and you alluded, you alluded to this in, in your story uh, there uh, about kind of what sets you apart, but that was my next question. I was like, what, what makes your business different from others like you? Yeah. So for one, it is women only. Um, and I've talked to other guides for um, other companies who say that, you know, their company may do like one or two all women's trips in a year, or if they do, you know, women's trips, it's very few, but then they just raise the prices. Um, you know, and I don't know that all companies do it, but, you know, Femtrek is, is for women. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I'm not going to be, I have no plans to change that, even though there's been people over this past year who have tried to get me to um, go in different directions with my business. Um, and I've disconnected from them because, I mean, I'm the boss and this is what I'm doing. Right. So, um, yeah, Femtrek is Fem. Um, and, you know, if, you know, I have space available for five, up to five women, um, and then people can book, you know, ladies can book, um, they can call me if they have more than five. Um, but I keep it, you know, I try to keep it a low number just so people have a good experience. And, um, even if there's just one lady that signs up, I don't cancel the hike because it's just one person. Right. And most companies will have a two-person minimum. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, like these badass solo ladies are coming out there because they want to hike with, with other women who like to hike. Yeah. And I'm not just going to deny them an adventure because, you know, I don't have a two-person minimum. So I pride myself on, um, you know, being able to say that I don't cancel it. If, you know, if I didn't fill that slot with five people, that's my problem and not hers. So she signed up for an adventure and she's going to get one. Um, If it happens to be a private tour, good for her. (laughs) Um, (laughs) But yeah, just make it, you know, and it's it's guaranteed women only. um, And that's, you know, something that the ladies want, right? The ones who are coming and signing up for this, this is is what they're um, looking for. Mm. Um, that's, that's really the biggest thing that sets me apart. Yeah, I love that. I love that. And we, we had talked a little bit about 
you know, some of the the challenges that you faced in in growing this business and and some of just the awesome memories that you have. But like, what's your absolute favorite thing about running your business? I like being the leader of my business. Mm. <laughs> and being able to say, this is this is my strategy. This is I love being a business owner. Yeah. And you know, it's hard because I have to make all the decisions by myself, but then on the flip side of that, I get to make all the decisions by myself. And, you know, it's kind of, it's actually kind of fun to just on my website and like what's working, what's not working. Um, and then, yeah, I really, I just like running the business and being the business owner um, because now I can finally, I don't have anyone in my way mm. except for myself or a lack of knowledge. Right. Yeah. But it's not, you know, if I don't have the skill, then I just go and brush up on it and I'm going to be fine. Because um, I've definitely surprised myself over this past year um, with some things, you know, and I'm like, wow, that's really cool. <laughs> and, you know, I'm like, wow, did I think of that? Okay. So, you know, it's just something, like I said earlier, you know, I, I finally feel like I can reach my full potential or mm. that I'm on my way to it. Um, as a business owner. And so that's, that's kind of one of my favorite things about like just running the business. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. And, and I think too, what you said is like, you know, I'm, I'm the one making the decisions. Like there's nobody in my way, but me. And that's, that's one thing mm -hmm. that I've found uh, being a business owner is that, you know, there's, there's circumstances, there's trials, there's things that come up that, that we have to get through, but how, what is my perspective when I look at it? Do I look at it as an obstacle and a lot of times I think when I'm working for, you know, when I work for other people, it's like, oh, this is just something that I have to get through or, but now mm -hmm. like as a, as a business owner, it's like, no, like I, I begin to see these things as, as opportunities to grow, mm -hmm. to be shaped, to be um, just to, to grow in my experience as a, as a business owner, or even just a human being, right? Like there's opportunities mm -hmm. that I have to, to do these things. And that perspective shift for me was uh, I think one of the, the coolest things for me is I, kind of launched into uh, being an entrepreneur, uh, especially in the outdoor space. Yeah. But yeah. so as, as you think about, you know, because this show, again, is, is meant for telling your story and encouraging others and telling people about what the, all of the awesome things that, that outdoor entrepreneurs are doing. And so there's, there's people that could be listening to this show that could be in your same shoes that are running a business, uh, an adventure business like you. There's people who might be, um, just a, a patron, right? Looking for the next outfitter to go and do some kind of awesome adventure with, or the P there could be people that were like you a year and a half ago that are thinking, how do I, how do I take this passion of mine? How do I really turn it into something viable? Uh, and that can be my profession where I could be my own boss. So to those people, what would you say to encourage someone about launching in, uh, uh, into this, industry into this business and pursuing their passion and turning it into a profession? I would say um, absolutely, without a doubt, know your why and mm. have a mission statement that you stick to. And that's what you, you would use to build your business. Um, I think, you know, there's a lot of competition out there. 
you know, just being in a mountain town and starting a guiding company doesn't mean that the business is going to come because there is a lot of competition, yeah. right? So it's important, I think, for people to know what separates them from the others and have a mission statement that you feel confident that you can work towards building. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's what I did with Femtrek. And every time I was kind of, if I thought I was straying away from it, I would just come back to that and say, no, this is my mission. Mm-hmm. Um, and also have a vision. So what do you want it to be? Um, and so I would you know, encourage people to take time and figure out what the identity of your business is going to be. Um, who your target market is, um, and do a lot of research. So, and this is really for any business owner. Um, do do the research, know what the market rates are, know who the market is. Um, just really, it's oh, just a lot of research and understanding to be able to build what you want to build, right? Mm-hmm. Are you different? Are you not different? It's okay to not be different, right? Not everybody has to be different. Um, but just know there has to be something to separate you from the others. Um, and yeah, so I would say, you know, a mission statement and vision, um, are, are priority. And I learned that from working with AWS. So there was every time we wrote up a little narrative to launch a program, to have vision, mission statement, um, you know, and then kind of build out what the plan is and, um, Again, you know, for any business owner, uh, have a plan. And, you know, it's hard for some people to, to sit down and write out, like, okay, well, this is, this is my business plan. This is my operating plans. This is what I want to do. This is the finances that I have. Um, and I will say getting the permits for Rocky Mountain National Park forced me to build a plan. So mm-hmm. I did have that. Because I'm very disciplined, and that was even hard for me yeah. to to plan. And, and then I thought, okay, so it getting those permits because Rocky wants to know like where we're going, what we're doing, how many people we're taking. Um, there's rules, and so it it benefited me to have that plan. And now once I did it, I was like, oh, okay, well that's done, and now I can just cruise and like you know work the plan. And so yeah, having that. And just really having direction, um, I think, is key in in building um, building the business. And I, you know, I do want to say I don't recommend for everyone just to quit your job and <laughs> you know take a leap of faith. Um, my situation, I was just done, and I just couldn't take it anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, like I, you know, mentioned before, I like was not even myself, and I had to get out of there. Um, and so. I made the conscious decision not to go back to work full time um, and just to kind of throw myself into it. Um, But I do know other entrepreneurs who are successful, you know, as working their business on the weekend. So, you know, be prepared, I would say, you know, to to build on the weekends or in the evenings um, and then have a plan for and set a date. I would say definitely set a date for when you want to be like full on functional. Yeah. Um, and I kind of knew last year when I started, like the summer was going to be gone. And then I was going to, you know, that this summer was going to really be kind of my first year, um, you know, my first season. So I was, you know, just did everything working towards really this, the summer. 
Um, so yeah, definitely have a plan then, know and, and put it, have dates in mind and stick to them. Um, and I would say do something every day on the business. Like it's easy to get distracted or, you know, easy money when you work for someone else, um, you know, and you don't get a lot of rewards with the business, especially just starting out. Um, but I would say discipline is key and doing something every single day, even if it's something small, like going on social media and either posting or liking others' posts, you know, just kind of keeping up with that. Even if it's like 10 minutes a day, um, it's important to do something every single day so that it just doesn't get away from you. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. I love uh, you're talking about, you know, having your mission and your vision. So one thing that, you know, when I'm talking to, uh, to friends, clients, whoever it is, like we say, you know, hey, your vision is the destination that you want to go, right? Like that's where you want your business to get to. And so as for the mission, it's like, you know, you said, what's your why? And we, we kind of use the language of like, what's your rudder? Like your mission is your rudder that's going to steer your ship towards the, the vision and the direction, the destination that you want to go. And it always comes back to this, this idea of the rudder. That's what's going to consistently keep you kind of on track, moving in, in that direction. And uh, yeah, I love, I love, you know, writing down goals, coming up with a plan. Uh, I heard of this Harvard mm -hmm. study one time that they had these, these groups of people that you know had a had a, a a vision for business right and the people that wrote their business goals down were 80 percent likelier to achieve those goals than the people that didn't that's that's substantial and they did, all they did was write it down mm -hmm. and so it's like having something in front of you to kind of keep uh keep that momentum i guess your goals would be the the motor and your your mission is your your rudder that's steering steering mm -hmm. that ship so no, I, I absolutely love it. I'm I'm super excited. I'm super pumped up just to hear your story. And uh, yeah, just to kind of, I feel like I've journeyed along that whole path with you. So like, it's, I'm, I'm, I'm really excited. I'm super thankful and grateful that you, uh, that you were on our show with us today. Now, Sharon, if somebody wants to, somebody wants to get a hold of you, like, where can they find you? Yeah, so we have, um, we're on social media. So it's Femtrek on Instagram and Facebook and also LinkedIn. And then my website is femtrekltd.com. Awesome. Awesome. And I'll, I'll take all of those uh, links and I'll link it into the show notes here uh, of this episode. Uh, so you'll be able to click on it and they'll be able to find you right where you're at. Well, hey, Sharon, thank you so much for, for being on the show today. And uh, I'm just excited to continue to, to see how your, your business blossoms and grows and excited to, to follow you on your journey. Yeah, thanks for having me, Paul. It's been fun. All right. Thank you. Take care. Okay, you too. Bye-bye.